Cast your burden on the Lord, and He shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. Uh, the very beginning portion of this is really what this teaching is about. Psalm fifty-five, twenty-two: Cast your burden on the Lord. And I bring that up because do we really understand what that is and what this verse is talking about? What does it mean to cast our burden on the Lord? I've heard the whole spectrum on what people think it is and what it means. And one thing I do with ATG really is kind of get to the Greek and the Hebrew meaning of words. Sometimes when you look at those meanings, it doesn't necessarily translate the same, but in this case, it's it's pretty straightforward. But just so we can look at the the actual Greek meaning, uh, the Greek meaning for burden predominantly is weight down, something that weights you down. And to cast isn't like used elsewhere, where you would cast a line uh, to be fishers of men. But cast here means to throw down. Or let fall. So when you go back and reread that, using the Greek verbiage, it is throw down or let fall those things that weight down on you and and let them fall on the Lord. So with with that in mind, do do we really view this verse as as believers, as Christians, um, as as having things that, um, whether we're going through hard times and whatever the Lord has placed on us, to actually give that back and, and have the Lord take that back. Um, like, you know what? Thanks, Lord. I, I tried this burden out a little bit. It's the wrong size. I'm going to give it back to you, and I'll take something else. Um, so I, I, I think, and I've, I've seen Christians take this verse, and, and they, they think, it, it means to, you know, I, I have, uh, whether it's a, a, you know, when you say burden, a, a trial or a tribulation or something that, that, that's weighing you down, I, I'm going to take this and, and I'm going to go before the Lord. I'm going to get on my knees. I'm going to tell God exactly what's weighing down on my shoulders. Um, and whether it's, it, maybe it's not even our burden. Maybe it's a, a burden that we're bearing and, and it's someone else's burden. Well, I'm going to take that before the Lord and you know what? I expect God to, to remove it because I'm, 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 I'm taking it before him. The verse says, cast it before the Lord, and I'm, I'm expecting him to, to completely remove it. Well, that very well may be the case um, for God to remove that burden from you. Uh, but it's only if that burden has accomplished God's will first. That the, the burdens and the trials that we face, that we have walked through, and that are, are out there waiting for us, are for a specific purpose. So that may very well be his plan is to remove it, but only when it's actually accomplished his will. Now, if the burden here, and, and we need to segregate, if the burden here is a sin or sin nature, yes, humble yourself, seek him, and ask for forgiveness, and he doesn't want you to be bur- he doesn't want you to be chained to that sin anymore. Uh, but when you reread this verse, cast your stain you. That's not the the context. So we're not talking about uh, sin here. Um, we're talking about something that's weighing you down, and the Lord 
wants you to lay it before him. Now, if God hasn't removed that burden from me, if he hasn't removed it from you, why would we immediately turn and, and seek God and be like, you know what, God, I am enduring something. I want you to take it back. And, and, and I want to put that in the light and turn it around. If God has given you and blessed you with the gift of, whether it's the gift of encouragement uh, or the gift of administration or, or something to edify his body, and he's given you and he blessed you with that and he's let, let that fall upon you, would you take that, turn around and be like, God, take it back? No, you, you would take that, use it for his glory, uh, and you would actually seek him as to, okay, God, I, I, I know you have given me this gift. What can I do in my life for you with it? We need to look at our viewpoint of, of the burdens that we're facing in, in a different light. Um. Each of us has a, a burden or burdens. I have a lot of burdens. I've had a lot of burdens. If you only have one burden, congratulations, that's amazing. Um, but we all have different burdens to bear, and we need to view them in, in the light of what are God's purposes for us walking in those burdens. Now, if you look at Christ, Jesus, not my will, but your will be done, Right? And he, he, he didn't want, he wanted that cup to pass from him, but the foremost thing is he wanted God's will to be done. And when we come into a trial or we come in and there's a burden placed upon us, we need to remember Christ's example and what is God's plan and God's will for us. So we need to ensure that we start to, to look at things differently. And, you know, David is writing this too. Uh, he is definitely a man who had seen burdens. Uh, if you've ever read uh, how God brought him up, uh, all of the things and the trials he was placed in, he had more than several. David became King Saul's armor bearer and musician. But Saul had a problem because everywhere he went, he heard people saying, well, Saul has killed his thousands, but David has killed his ten thousands. He became jealous. So Saul wanted to kill him. Now, I've had a lot of burdens in my life, and I'm sure I'll have many more before God calls me home. However, no one's ever wanted to kill me. I've never had that. I've never had the burden of seeing a nation. Well, I take that back. I have that burden now. But he saw the nation turn from God and, and lived wickedly. I should have written that down before because that's actually a good point. I do have that burden now. Um, but he had that burden. Um, David's own son later, Absalom, would try and kill him. He tried to sway everyone onto his own side. He would sit outside the gate and say, well, you know what? If I was in charge, I would put your issue as priority. That way he was trying to win the confidences of everyone else in the kingdom. And so Absalom tried to kill David. So David had his trials and his tribulations and burdens. You know, David wrote... the. 5522. But Psalm 37 and Psalm Psalm 375 and 377. I'm going to read those. Psalm 375, commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And you have verse 7. 
Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. So in light of cast your burden on the Lord, we also see him saying, commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him. So not only are you supposed to cast it onto the Lord, but to trust him. And then Psalm 37, 7 says, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. So David tells us certain things to do. He tells us two things to do here. But he also tells us two things that will happen. He being God, God will work out his will for us. And we will find rest. So God's will will be worked out and we'll find rest in the midst of that burden, in the midst of that trial, whatever's weighing us down. And you know, sometimes, sometimes we think we're better off Instead of, you know, Lord, I'm not going to rest right now. I'm going to go do stuff. I'm going to go do stuff. I feel better when I'm moving. I feel better when I'm, when I'm able to try and do something about the burden that, that I'm bearing or the trial that I'm in. That's not the best course of action. Because David also knew that burdens that we face are prone to make us worry. They are prone to make us anxious. If you've ever tried to go through a trial or something that's weighed you down and go through it in your own strength, you know from experience there's a lot of anxiety and there's worry. So hence the first, the first part you see in Psalm 37 there uh, in verse 7. Do not fret. God is with us. If God is for us, who can be against us. We have to remember to repeat God's promises and God's word all the time. We, we can't let a moment pass by when his, his words aren't in our mind and on our tongue. In Psalm 119.11, I've written your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Because remember, when you worry and you walk down that path, that's not trusting in the Lord. That's worrying that's thinking that he is not in control and he's not going to work things out. But he is, and his words promise us that. You know, one thing I'd like to point out in uh, Matthew chapter 11, verse 30. Jesus' own words, and, and, and many of us are familiar with this, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Christ's own words. Now, we want to read this and we want to pay attention to this Because the yoke is easy and the burden is light because he bears it with us. He bears it with us. Born alone, you would probably succumb to the weight. It would probably be staggering. Uh, Many of us have walked that path where it is so heavy. You are striving and trying to get through it on your own. Uh, by the methods of man, by maybe even what's worked in the past. But it's heavy. Now, Christ saying my yoke is easy and my burden is light, does that mean that we won't feel it? No. I don't read that in the scripture. I don't read that because um, Christ is going to walk 
uh, with us in it that all of a sudden I don't feel anything anymore. Um, maybe it's a burden from the past and you're, just, you're still feeling the effects. But we won't be bearing it. Uh, we won't be uh, bearing it solely. Christ is with us in it. No, this verse actually speaks to casting your burden at the feet of the Lord, not as to get rid of them, per se, unless His will is already accomplished and He's going to remove you from that, but in the understanding that those burdens uh, upon you uh, and your desire uh, to give to Him, you want to walk with Christ through that burden for His will to be accomplished in your life. So this verse speaks to casting that trial, that burden, whatever you're facing, at the feet of the Lord. Understanding that you're still going to be walking through it, but that you understand that you can't do it in your own strength, and it's only by the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, Philippians 4.13, I I love the verse, um, for I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. See, it's Christ who will do accomplish it through me. I also come to the weight. Uh, in my own flesh, I can't do it. In my own flesh, whatever that burden might be, uh, I'm going to fail. I'm going to be flailing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reach around and grab for anything. That's what the world does. That's what people you see who don't have the hope of Christ, when they go through something, you know, I, I'm sure you guys have seen someone also that's not a believer and they're going through something and, and you want so desperately and, and to talk to them about the hope of Christ, but you see that they don't have it. So they're just reaching out for anything. But that's the fleshly reaction. No, we can do it through Christ. You know, James 1, verses 2 through 4. I'm going to read this because... We all know who wrote the book. So in James chapter 1, verses 2-4, through four, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. He didn't have the high life. He wasn't separated from having no burden and not facing any trials, yet still counted all joy. None of us can do anything in the power of the flesh, in our own strength, about the burdens that we face. Like I said, if you do or you attempt to, they're going to be heavy. Um, They're going to be staggering under their own weight. It's by the power of the Holy Spirit that you can make it through, and it's the Lord's battle. Let Him battle it for you. Let Him work. Scripture we already talked about, uh, 37.7, Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. You know, Corey Ten Boom has had an amazing way of stating things very simply, but they were very, very profound. Uh, One of the, the... Thing she said was when a train is going through a tunnel and the tunnel begins to get dark. So you're sitting in there, all the lights go off, the tunnel is dark. 
You don't throw away your ticket and jump off the train. You sit still and trust the engineer. We do that if we go through, we get in a plane. We don't try and get off the plane when you you go through turbulence. Why in the world would, if we're faced with a trial, we're walking, we have a, a weight, we have a burden that the Lord is allowing us to endure, why do we want to get off? Why do we want to try and brush it off our plate? Exodus 14, 13, And Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. Yeah, sometimes standing still is an issue with all of us. We get so wired when something comes up. Like we, The Lord allows us to see what's on the horizon. Oh, here we go. Here we go. I see it. It's coming. And you get all in a frenzy. Um, I talked about not having coffee before I came here because I didn't want to speak quickly. I didn't want to act like a chatterbox. Well, when you are faced with a trial sometimes, that's how you act. You may not know it, but if you think back, you, like I said, you get spun up. You want to start action. You want to do things to try. What you do is you analyze it with your mind, with what has worked in the past, you analyze it as how you would something at the job. That's not taking it to the Lord first. That's taking it to your experiences and, and how the world works. When something comes up on the horizon and the Lord shows you or you're about to enter into a trial that's going to be a wait, take it to the Lord first. Take it before Him. Let Him show you. Let let. God show you what he wants you to do, how he wants you to act, how he wants you to go into it. There's a deception, though, that if you had been faced with a a burden that was light or something that wasn't tragic and you got through it because, you know what? You know, last time I... uh, sat up, had a couple of Mountain Dews. I looked at, at all the ins and outs. I looked at the pros and cons, and, and, I, and I chose this way. And, it, and you went through the burden. You went through the trial just fine. There's a deception in that because the next time that happens, even if it's larger, you're going to revert back to the way you did it before. You don't want to, We don't want to do that. We want to... Follow this advice. Cast it before the Lord. Spurgeon quoted it like this. As to the future, we are all blind and cannot see the hour before us. But the Lord Jesus will allow, I'm sorry, the Lord Jesus will lead us to our journey's end. We look at a burden and we look at a trial, something you have, something that you see coming up, something you're in right now, we can't, you got to remember, we can't, you can't see, you can plan, but the Lord's going to direct your steps. Take it before him before that happens anyways. Do we trust Christ to walk with us as we face our burdens? We need to remember and, and always keep in the back of our minds, God is in control. Now, that is very, very hard to do in certain light. I have, been, I have been, the Lord has allowed me to go through situations 
where that was not my first thought. How is God in control? This just happened. You have to fight that. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Flesh doesn't want to believe that God is in control. It's something we have to remember God's promises. We have to train ourselves when something is looming or we're, we're dropped in the middle of a trial or a burden is laid upon us. God's in control. He is not going to allow us to be in a situation where His grace is not sufficient. Sometimes our burdens can be so overwhelming we have no clue what to do. But that's okay. God does. Now, Maybe the burden might seem too heavy. Maybe the burden is overwhelming. Maybe you're the only one behind the yoke. I can be honest. That has been me several times. I have to check myself. Am I the only one behind that yoke? And and, and let me put it into perspective. Did you know that, and farmers may do it today, my family was from Idaho. We had potato farms. Uh, I didn't really, there was modern machinery. Ancient farmers used to take an inexperienced ox that wasn't used to the load, that didn't quite know the steps, didn't know the turns, and they would yoke it with a more experienced ox, a stronger ox, one who knew how to bear the burden that that yoke, and was prepared for it. You don't walk the same. Anybody ever carried a heavy pack? You don't walk straight up. If you walk straight up with a heavy pack, you're going backwards. You have to angle yourself. You're going up a hill with a heavy load. Things are different. But if you've never come in contact with that kind of experience, you don't know any different. So they would take a young ox and, and, and yoke it with a more experienced one to be taught. Kind of guide it through the learning process. And you know what? That makes sense if you think about it. It's what we do in our jobs. If I'm going to take over a position from somebody, I shadow them. When I was in Korea, the platoon leader I was going to take over from, I followed that platoon leader around like white on rice. I was with that platoon leader all the time. Why? Because I had no idea what I was doing. But you know what? I learned. I learned where to be and where not to be. And it's the same way in anyone's job when you're coming into a new one. Now, Contrast that. How many people have been dropped in the chute in a job with no explanation? Yes. There is a big difference. Not knowing versus being taught and knowing. Our children are like this. Guess what? Our children follow us. The term lead by example was not coined by someone in the military. It was not coined by some CEO. Your children follow your example, right? They're learning. They've never walked the walk that you have. They've never experienced what God has allowed you to experience. It's our job to teach them. Now, in, in Palestine, um, there's a lot of, there's, there's yokes that aren't wood, but ancient farmers had them carved out of wood. And these yokes that were made out of wood, they, they were they weren't a, a one-size-fits-all. These things, and, and I have no woodworking terminology. If, you want, if you'd like that, you can talk to Aaron in the back. He knows it. However, the wood was shaped 
and carved and smooth specifically for the animal it was going on. I mean, I have a 70-pound lab. I have seen a 60-pound lab. My buddy on the eastern shore has a 120-pound lab. Not one collar fits either one of those. But they would take a a yoke and and modify it and shape it and make it fit perfectly so when the yoke was on that ox, it wouldn't be an additional burden. And it would be a burden it could bear. It was tailor-made. Anyone ever wear a suit or for ladies a dress or an outfit that didn't exactly fit right? You, you move throughout the day, you start getting red lines, the stitching itches, you know, the tag's not in the right place. It bothers you all day. Tailor fit, it's okay. Well, the burdens and the trials you face aren't a one-size-fits-all. you got to remember, God puts you in places and allows you to experience things that are for you. Now, this idea of the, of the yoke and, and the, the inexperienced ox being uh, yoked to a more experienced ox, that, that is not a, a call to a lazy or indulgent life. Um, there's still a yoke to bear and a burden to carry. Yet with Christ, it is easy and light. So Jesus said, my burden is easy, or my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. You either believe his words, or you don't. You either believe the very word of God, or you don't. There is no middle, well, I like this, I don't like that. You can't do that. So Christ has told us that. There's no picking and choosing. Being yoked, being yoked with Christ doesn't make the demand. He's still going to have you walk through that trial, endure that burden until his will is accomplished. But he is ultimately bearing it. And he's going to allow you by the power of the Holy Spirit to get through it. Now if your yoke is hard and your burden is heavy, ensure that you are seeking the Lord on it. Ensure that you're casting it at his feet. Make sure he is next to you. His grace is sufficient for that. Now, burdens. We all have them. Some of them, because we're believers, are the exact same. We have a burden for the lost. So some of our burdens are the same, but most are not. Most, whether early in our life, later in our life, or right now, every single one of us has different burdens. But what we need to remember is that these burdens and trials and things that we are facing are preparing us for eternity. We are being used by God as we walk through them, and they are preparing us for eternity. I want to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 17 and 18. So verse 17 and 18, very end of chapter 4, it says, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Remember, he's saying light affliction and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, 
that the things which are not seen are eternal. These burdens, plain and simple, are preparing us. The burdens, the trials, the things I have walked through and the Lord has allowed me to endure in the past have prepared me in a way I simply cannot measure nor put into words, and I'm not paying that lip service. I really can't. Uh, Unless someone else is walking through it, I can come alongside them. But there is no way I could fabricate what the Lord has done in my life had I not walked through or endured what he allowed me to endure. So, got a question for you guys. You guys ever seen a rock tumbler? Like a rock tumbler on a desk? So my grandpa used to have a rock tumbler. Uh, I only saw him every once in a while. I didn't have a great relationship with him. But every time I went to Idaho, he had a rock tumbler. And he had a divided desk. On the right-hand side were these gorgeous works of art. Smooth, beautiful, every color of the rainbow rock. On the left side of his desk were these nasty, dirty rocks. I, I don't know. They were something. I didn't like them. They, they, I mean, there was dirt everywhere. So he had these two things, and right in the middle of his desk, he had a rock tumbler. He, he loved to do it. I never got a chance to ask him why, but the finished product was beautiful. You put a dirty, jagged rock in, You don't get that same thing on the other side. You get a beautiful, smooth piece of art. So, burdens and trials that we have, I view kind of like a rock tumbler. Because a rock tumbler uses different kinds of grit. It uses different things for a different purpose. The rocks go in and you have jagged pieces and they fracture off. The dirt that's on them gone. The, the initial hard grit starts to scar the rock. It takes off the pieces on the outside that aren't needed. The grit changes, scarring changes, but they get less deep, and it, it's a continual process. That rock is still in that trial. It's still getting tossed about, but when it's finished, what you have is something that's beautiful. And I'm not into rocks, but they're beautiful. I mean, the colors that God gave rocks is amazing. So, God uses what he allows us to walk through. And remember, he has planned all eternity, so not one thing that applies or happens to us is, hasn't just come out of the blue and he's not aware of. These things he's using to refine us. Oh, they can hurt. They can hurt a lot. They can leave scars. And they can leave scars at last. The entire time this side of eternity. But what comes out is beautiful and is stronger than before. And I love that song, Holy Fire, Burn Away. Because it's the holy fire that burns things away. It's like a doctor's scalpel. And it cuts It cuts the things of the world, the growth of the world is put on and cuts it off. And then it refines it. And anybody that's ever played with fire doesn't feel good. It hurts. But you know what? God's holy fire that takes away that is beautiful. Prepares us for eternity.
You know, and I bet you didn't know that when you put multiple rocks in a rock tumbler, and I have, God gave me the idea of a rock tumbler. I haven't thought about that in 32 years. But you put multiple rocks in a rock tumbler, and guess what? The rocks assist the other rocks in shaping up and getting all the crud off, uh, taking the, the, the fracturing off the pieces that don't need to be there. Proverbs 27, 17 tells us, and we know it well, as iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. If the Lord hadn't allowed me to walk through specific burdens, I would have not been able to be used as a tool to come alongside a brother and be like, Brother, I have walked that walk. Come with me. Let me show you the path so you don't get scarred. Let me help you. Let me show you the scripture. Had I, had I seen that bird on the horizon and said, You know what, God? Mm, today's not the day for that. I don't want that. I would have been useless for that brother. Women, you have the same thing. Sister, come here. The Lord allowed me to walk through that years ago. Let me show you his grace. Let me show you how he walked me through it. Galatians 6.2, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. We're to bear one another's burdens. We are not an island alone with our burdens. Now, I want to be very clear, the focus is not, oh, someone is to bear my burdens. Sweet, I'm going to give it to somebody else. No, 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 no. If a brother or sister comes alongside you, it's not for you to give it to them. No, that's self-focused. Always leads to pride, frustration, and discouragement. And notice the assumption which lies behind this verse. Bear one another's burdens. It's It's not bear it if they have it. Bear one another's burdens. We are all going to have them. We've been told multiple times in Scripture this is not an easy walk. It's a beautiful walk. It's a rewarding, it's a loving walk. We have a God that loves us, but we will endure things. Everyone, we are to bear one another's burdens. The verse also doesn't mean that we are to be Jesus to someone. We are not Christ. Don't ever allow yourself to wander into that dangerous territory. Let Jesus be Jesus to someone else. When someone has a burden, don't let their eyes fix on you. You point them to fix their eyes on Christ. So bearing one of those burdens, coming alongside the brother or sister, praying with them, being there for them, pointing them to Scripture, pointing them to continue to seek the Lord. Now, regarding the law of Christ in that verse, John 13, verse 34 and 35 says, A new commandment I give to you that you love one another, as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. What does someone who isn't a believer think when they see a Christian giving the Heisman to a Christian who's walking through something. No, that's not what they should see. They should see love. They should see us coming alongside. And that's what this is stating too. If you love somebody, there's people in the, lo- in the world that I work with that I know are believers, and, and, and I care for them. I, I love them. And if they have a burden, I'm going to come alongside them. It's rather hard to walk someone through Scripture when they are atheists. But you know what? I'm going to do it anyways. And you know what? His word doesn't return void, so praise the Lord. God uses these burdens to refine us. George Mueller said, Faith has nothing to do with feelings, impressions, 
outward appearances nor the probability or improbability of an event. I love that. Trials are the food of faith. Psalm 55, 22, God hasn't promised to free us immediately from the trouble, the trial, the burden that's weighing us down. But he has provided that we will not be tempted above what we are able to bear. And Jesus promised to never leave us or forsake us. When walking through something or having a burden, the enemy loves to, when you think of a burden, he loves to, oh, what about this one? What about this one? Think of all these things on your plate. Because he wants to crowd out the word of God. He wants to crowd out and make you not think. He wants to just confuse you with chaos and the busyness of this world. No, you have got to remember when you're thinking and, and you're looking at these things, you lay them down at the Lord's feet. You lay them down. And always keep your eyes focused on the Lord. One of the most used, and rightfully so, but one of the most used and thought about examples is Job. I'm going to try and stop moving around so you don't get that. Although, you know, it might help wake people up. That's fine. All right, is Job. Job is awesome. Um, Job is a book, and it's awesome because it happened. I love using real-life experiences when I'm going through something. Job 12.9. Job, we all know, experienced probably something none of us will ever experience. And praise the Lord. Um, If the Lord has that happen to you, look to Job. 12.9. Who among all these does not know that the hand of the Lord has done this? He didn't, he didn't just sit around feeling sorry for himself and, and succumbing to the weight of what he was going through. He knew. He knew that the Lord was allowing this to happen to him. I've got to learn to do the same. And, and I get caught off guard because the Lord allowed me to walk through something. And, and it's pretty substantial. And I get through it. And you know, you know, the, you know the, the saying, you're either in one, coming out of one, or you're getting ready to go in one. So I'll come out of one and I'll be like, I just, whew. and uh, then another one pops up, and I'm immediately back in my flesh, and I forget about what the Lord just did in the one before. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking to myself when I, when I walk through this. And yet you look in Job 23.10, and he says, When he has tested me, I shall come forth as gold. You know what? We have to take heart in whatever burden we're experiencing, trial you're facing, you're walking through whatever it is. Cast it before the Lord in the understanding that he has you in it for a reason. And that you aren't asking him necessarily to remove it unless his will is done. But better yet, help you through it. And that you want to be yoked to Christ as you, as you go through it. You know, anybody who's ever worked with clay, and uh, if you don't have a uh, a handmade clay coffee mug. I highly recommend getting one. They're awesome instead of the preformed injected ones. But if you've ever worked with clay, clay gets scored, it gets sanded, it gets broken, it gets reformed, it gets heated, it gets stressed. But when it's done, it is the exact tool that the potter made. It, it, it ends up being exactly what it was supposed to and be designed for. But if you take it midway through the process, you would look at it and be like, that looks horrible. But it turned out exactly how it should. You know, I want to encourage as well, 
that the burdens that you're faced with, remember as well, if you are walking through a trial, people know that you're a believer. People know that you love God. And their eyes are on you and they're watching you. And that's not to say don't mess up. That's to say you are being an example of what Christ can do in your life to someone who doesn't have Christ and doesn't know what to do in a situation like that when, you're, when they're faced with a trial. So when you're walking through one, remember, count it all joy. Pay attention to your countenance. Show the joy of the Lord regardless of what you're experiencing, regardless of the burden. You know, Lord knows you're still going through a burden. You know, I'm not trying to say sweep it under the carpet and pretend like it doesn't exist. I'm just saying be mindful if you're going through one or you have a constant burden, be mindful because people are watching. People honestly want to know how you're doing it. How are you getting through what you're experiencing. I had multiple people give me a quizzical look when, when Julie has been in the hospital multiple times. And they expect me to take multiple days off. They expect me to come into the office and mope around. And they expect me to, to kind of play the part of, oh, everyone pay attention to me. But that's not how we're to act. God knows our heart. God knows the cries of our heart. But you know what? People are watching and they're paying attention because they want the hope that you have. Because you know that Christ, you know that God's in control. You know that Christ is with you and walking with you. So you're being used, even while you walk through your trial or burden, you're being used by the Lord for someone else. But it is for eternity. You know, God is the potter. You have got to allow, and you got to trust him to handle the clay. you got to trust and allow him to do the forming. Whatever it is, it's for his purpose. It's for eternity. It may be for the eternity of someone else that is watching you. So Psalm fifty-five twenty-two. cast your burden on the Lord. Cast your burden on him. Ensure you're not attempting to walk by yourself. But cast it on the Lord, be still, and watch Him work. And that's it. Let's uh, let's close in prayer.